Hey everyone, we are back for another exciting episode with some pretty intriguing guests. This month, we are all about women's history and music in our schools. We'll also find out what made Justin say... Yes, so I did even fulfill the dream. I went and I conquered and I did it until I got broken. And then that's a whole nother story for another time, but... And why Steven said... Yeah, we've always said the galactic class uh, needs to be implemented and... All this and more on this week's episode of On a Water Break. Let's go. Set it up. Top of the show. Form, check form. Cover down. Do it again. Run it back. And we'll see you at the show. Welcome to another episode of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. March is Women's History Month, and we'll be celebrating all month long with amazing guests, fun interviews, and maybe we'll learn a little bit as we go. It's also March 4th weekend, so it's time to celebrate all of us. Believe it or not, it's also Music in Our Schools Month, so let's get right to it. So for Women's History Month, we talked to Sadie Wallace, a pioneer in women being a part of drum corps. Sadie was a part of DCI from almost the beginning. She was there beside Peggy whenever she created the famous Peggy Spin. She also worked with names such as George Zingali. So she has been at the forefront of Color Guard becoming the absolute movement spectacle that it is today. But before we bring her out, we want to check out who's on the sidelines this week. Hey, Steven, what's up? What's poppin', Jackie? And Justin's <laughs> here, too. Hey, 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 how's it going? Woohoo! Now, we're going to be having more guest hosts stop by rehearsals to hang out. This week, though, we have an amazing female band director, Blue Coats fellow, and someone who is currently on staff with Chromium Winds in Rosemont, Illinois. It's Irene Guggenheim Triana. Hi, everyone. It's super great to be here. I'm really glad to be part of the show. My name is Irene, and I'm the assistant band director at Arsenal Technical High School in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm initially from the Washington, D.C. area, and then I spent four years in Columbus, Ohio, getting my degree at The Ohio State University, where I studied uh -huh. instrumental music education with a certificate in educational ethics and social justice. This past summer, I was fortunate, fortunate enough to serve as the Program Coordination and Arts Administration Fellow with the Blue Coats Drum and Bugle Corps. And this year, I'm super excited to be on staff with Chromium Winds as we present what I think is a complete banger of a show. So I'm just really glad to be here with y'all tonight. Yeah, we're happy to have you here, Irene. Uh, I got to say, I feel like we're diametrically opposed a little bit, though. I'm a Penn State graduate. So it's, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I promise oh, I'll be no nice. to you. <laughs> no, go, go OU, rather, I suppose. Uh, um, I just want to say, Beth, thank you for finally making it to rehearsal. Did you bring Starbucks for everyone? Of course. Thank you. <laughs> That's the only way to show up late, right? I mean, you can't show up. And be like, You're going to be late. You, right? Have everybody's coffee orders. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, That's you know you. what, Jack? Yours is the most complicated. Uh, mine? I mean... <laughs> I don't, I don't know why you'd think that. <laughs> I'm just straight, you know, straight coffee. So like all these fancy things just kind of 
they're they're a little over the top, but I don't know. You're all welcome though, and I'm glad I could you know provide since I was so late. All right. Let's throw it back to you, Irene. Uh, what was it like being a Blue Coats fellow? Like, what? Let's let's go back and start with like, how did you get involved with that program? So I found out about the program from the Mason Twitter account. So the Blue Coats Fellowship program is in its going to be in its second year this coming summer, and it's a program specifically that helps young marching arts designers learn from some of the best in the activity and specifically marching arts designers from typically underrepresented backgrounds in this field. So I sent in my application and then I had an interview with Mike Scott, who's the CEO of the Blue Coats, and Liz Clayton, who's the brand manager. And then they ended up picking a group of about seven of us. We met over Zoom for the first time in about, I will say, April. Then we got a chance to have a Zoom meeting with the design team later that month. And then we all met in person for the first time at May Camp. And then we started spending a whole bunch of time together once spring training rolled around. <laughs> yep. So what were some of your responsibilities with the core whenever you were uh, participating? So each Blue Coats Fellow is paired with a member of the design team to serve as their mentor. So as the Program Coordination and Arts Administration Fellow, I was lucky enough to be paired with Dean Westman, who is the Blue Coats Incredible Program Coordinator. You get to do some amazing one-on-one -on -one work with your mentor when you show them some of your previous material and receive some feedback. We also spend a lot of time auditing rehearsals and staff meetings as someone who also comes from an arts administration background. That was fantastic for me as I got to learn a little bit about some of the financial aspects of running the Blue Coats organization. And this wasn't necessarily a formal part of the program, but I grew very close with the rest of my fellowship cohort. We ended up deciding to put our brains together, considering we had kind of someone in each discipline forming a little unofficial design team and writing our own original drum corps show, which was definitely the highlight of my summer and something that was deeply personally fulfilling for me. And developing the bonds with those folks has been incredible. And we still work and talk with each other super regularly. Sarah Bowden, who was mentored by John Vanderkoff, is also on staff at Chromium Wins. And Maurice Boutan, who was mentored by Jim Moore, uh, is also involved with Chromium Wins and has staged and choreographed some of the most impactful moments of our show. So I'm really glad to meet those folks. I'm really glad to be able to call Dean a friend and mentor, especially considering he's also in my neck of the woods in central Indiana. And just, I learned so much and I grew both as a designer and as a person. And I'm just really grateful for the Blue Coats for having, giving me that experience. Yeah, Irene, that sounds like it was a really cool experience that you got to have. Um, if you're looking back on your summer, I know you mentioned even just creating the drum corps show together was, was like a great integral part of the experience. Are, is there any me like memory that kind of sticks out to you? Maybe like something juicy, something that you wouldn't just tell anybody? Oh. Anybody, that's a high bar. <laughs> um, definitely one moment that was just makes my heart swell when I think about it is one point during rehearsal, they put us on top of the press box so we could watch the rehearsal from up there. That's and, like the best, uh, best seat in the house, honestly. Oh, it was stunning. And it was also a couple of us were kind of in and out during that period of spring training, but it was one time where I think nearly all of us were in the same place at the same time. So mm -hmm. we were just kind of really basking in being able to comment on everything that was happening down below, point out, you see how this is, how this is motivating that, how this aspect of the design 
is causing this other aspect of the design to be more impactful. Watching how the design team was interacting with each other as they watched the creation on the field. Um, watching how the pedagogical team was interacting with the design team to make sure that the vision that was coming to life wasn't just the designers or just the teaching team or just the performers, but kind of a combined force of all the different people involved. So I think that was a really magical moment. I think also just the first time we got to sit and watch the design team play with the props and the members and really let kind of the uniqueness of the membership body motivate some of the design choices in the show was really, it was something that I'd like to incorporate not only into my own art, but also my own teaching. And it was something that gave me so much to think about and really made my brain buzz. Oh, that's amazing. What a fantastic experience to have to just be able to be there and be mentored like that. Oh, that's wonderful. It's a priceless so, experience, and I highly recommend when the applications come up next December, I believe, will be when the next round opens up. I highly recommend anyone who is interested apply. Excellent. So before we jump into this rehearsal too deep, let's continue our little segment that we are calling Winter Watch. Each week, we will have our hosts and correspondents fanning out around the country to keep us up on what's going on with the winter activity. Last weekend, we saw a big weekend for Guard Regionals. This week. <clears throat> It was uh, Gulfport, Tampa, Chicago, Philadelphia, Charlotte, and San Diego. Uh, we have everybody's favorite band mom, Cindy Berry, a.k.a. Leander Mama, right up front to give us what's happening in Winter Guard right now. Take it away, Cindy. Hello again, Winter Guard and marching band friends. Leander Mama here with this week's chat about some of the amazing guards I saw last weekend on Flow. I was able to catch some of the incredible competition from San Diego, and I also made sure I didn't miss one particular group at WGI Philly. And you can probably guess who that was. But I want to start today's Mama Minute with the most incredible middle school guard in the country. Y'all, if you have not seen the Palm Desert Charter Middle School Varsity Guard, you just don't understand my life. I am living for this guard, and you should too. If you didn't know they were a middle school and you were watching this show, you would honestly think that this was a varsity high school open class guard. In fact, it won't surprise me at all if we see Palm Desert moving up to open class very soon. These are seventh and eighth graders, y'all, babies. And last year, they were the only middle school competing in Scholastic A at WGI Worlds. And you guys, they finished 11th out of 140 of the top teams in the nation. Now they are planning to return to Dayton this April with their new show, Along the Divide, and I am beyond excited to get the opportunity to see these students performing live. Will they break into that top 10 this year? If I was a betting woman, I would take your money on the odds of that happening. Now Palm Desert took second place overall last weekend in the A division in San Diego, but let's talk about the winner, and that's the Vista Murrieta High School Winter Guard. Now, you may remember that Vista Marietta also has a crazy good marching band. In fact, we have seen them compete at Grand Nationals and more recently at BOA San Antonio. Now, let me tell you all, that was a treat. And watching their guard is also a real treat. And it's part of the reason that Vista Marietta has such a fantastic program overall. Their show this season is called Redeem. And it's purple and it's performed on this glowing green floor with huge tree trunks in the background. And I loved it. And evidently, the judges did too. 
Now moving on to WGI Philadelphia, which was the only other live streamed Winter Guard event last weekend, which is probably a good thing or my poor brain could not handle trying to decide which competitions to watch. If only I could divide myself into four or five different people. So anyway, like I was saying, there was one group in particular that I absolutely knew I could not miss at Philly, and that was the astonishing AMP Winter Guard. Now AMP competes at the top level, the Independent World Guard class. I have to admit that before 2022, I was not familiar with this incredible program, but last year they astounded me and pretty much everyone else with their phenomenal show about the Joker called Why So Serious? That is honestly a show I will never forget. But I am equally excited for this year's production of The Rabbit, The Hatter, and The Queen. This show is crazy and it's wild and they throw things across the room and over their heads and to the people behind them and maybe even to some guy at the top of the bleachers. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's just got everything and I am here for it. And in April, I will be there for it and I can't wait. Now, before I go, I have to remind you all that I will be live in attendance this weekend in Leander at Glenn High School for WGI Austin. And this thing is already set up to be amazing. We already have several guards that have moved up a class. And this will be the first weekend that we get to see the Jordan High School guard compete in open class. Jordan is a school in the KDISD that is only three years old. In fact, they opened the school during the 2020 pandemic, and this is their first year to even have a senior class. How is this guard already so good that they have moved up from Scholastic A to open class? Just how? And speaking of another relatively new school that just moved up to the world-class division, the Mo and Jean Johnson High School from Buda. This school just opened in 2019 and their guard had phenomenal success in 2022 as an open-class guard, finishing sixth place overall in world championships last year. Because of that success, they are now a world-class guard, and I can't wait to see them up against our perennial favorites, the Woodlands. And let's not forget another new face in the Texas Scholastic World Class. That is the Flower Mound High School Guard. Now, Flower Mound has been a world-class guard in the past, but they've competed the last few seasons as an open class guard. I can't wait to see these three groups battle it out this weekend, and the future looks great for Scholastic World Class Guards in Texas. Now, of course, there are a lot of other guards to watch this weekend. You can bet I will be there in Austin to catch every single one of them. The weather is a beast today, or I would already be down there, but y'all look for me in my Texas Fans t-shirt on Saturday and a Woodlands Guard t-shirt on Sunday. I would love to meet all of you. If you can't be there, be sure you are following me on Instagram at LeanderMama, and I will talk to you guys next time on the On a Water Break podcast. Have a great week. Oh, Cindy, you always have so much great information and a great recap. I just love it every single time. I mean, yes, it was such a huge weekend again. Um, color guards are winter guards, actually. I excuse myself. I'm so sorry. Winter guards performing all across the nation. I mean, we had so many great things. And what was even better is that everyone is doing so well at the end of February here. We're like only halfway through the 
WGI season here, and we are already seeing mid 80s scores, um, you know, the high 70s into the mid 80s across the board and all the top groups um, and all the different classes here. Um, you know, and we've seen some new standouts coming out. Um, it was really interesting to see that over in the Chicagoland area, it was a mix of, you know, those Illinois groups and then those Indiana groups battling each other out. And it was a great mix of Indiana groups winning, which of course I'm always going to be a little partial to being from Indiana. It's great to see, uh, you know, the old hometowns and stuff kicking butt. Um, but it was also great to see that some other new groups out there, um, like Allegiance and Independent Open, um, it was great to see Avon is continuing to prove strong, um, down here where I currently live now, Florida land. I mean, it's really nice to see, um, the West coast side of the state doing really strong here coming out, um, strong, like Tampa independent, um, both their A-Guard um, and their World Guard taking top. It's always a pleasure to watch Tarpon Springs. If you have not caught it, I've seen some clips popping around on the TikTok, um, but there's also a full video out there. If you have not caught that show yet, I don't want to spoil it. It's an amazing fusion of some awesome stuff going on. I know I love it as being both a percussionist and a guard guy. Um, it just checks all of my boxes um makes me really excited to uh and i want to piggyback a little bit off of what um you know cindy there was saying she's going to be doing texas um on the palm beach florida i have plans on being there um and so seek me out i'm going to be wanting to talk to you guys doing some interviews seeing how you guys are enjoying your season um but i have plans here in a couple weeks to go to that competition i'm super excited about that Ooh, ooh. oh man we are also, I wanted to talk about the Charlotte WGI mm. contest mm -hmm. because like you were saying, Justin, like the seventies and eighties are just everywhere. I'm like, all of these scores are basically my favorite summer temperatures. So <laughs> I am here for it. Let's sure. get some heat going on this winter. Absolutely. And then, uh, I really, I want to give a nice shout out to some of these groups that I've been kind of seeing them on social media, especially um, Etude. There's been some clips here and there wandering around and they got an 82.3 this weekend. So they're, they're again, one of those top performing groups there. I just remember their, um, uh, the show with the flowers a couple of years ago that just mm. was amazing. And then uh, if you guys haven't seen uh, Takata Independent, they're from Spartanburg, South Carolina. I think this is their second season competing and they are a pretty breakout group. So I'm, I'm interested to see where they go and where their score goes from here too. Of course, Paramount, love Paramount. They, they are <laughs> all over my social media. I see clips of them from so many different places. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Edge Independent. I think they're a fairly newer group. Anyways, this this lineup is just awesome. So I am very excited to see what happens when all of these guards get together in Dayton. I had to think Dayton, about where yes. World Champions <laughs> <laughs> How many years has it been in Dayton? 
I can't even I, use the excuse that I've never been there before because I've been there now. <laughs> you have. You have. Now, it's also, I mean, it's a great season for Wintergard. I mean, it always is. Every year, it just seems to get better and better. Um, but I'm just so impressed by so many groups this year. It's so awesome. Yeah, it's it, I I on the social media side of things, I'm impressed with how much Color Guard has exploded into social media and how they have just embraced it. Like um, we there's people out there who are specifically filming for color guards and percussion groups and marching bands and drum corps. And they have like these amazing media teams, which are basically like full camera sitcom teams you know like they're just they're oh, yeah. all over the place it's awesome it's a uh, great it, thing for accessibility my students will come into class in the morning and say look at this amazing tiktok or amazing yes. youtube video that i saw for some drum corps and it gets them really excited for their own involvement in the activity this, oh, yes this is absolutely. the thing that like i dreamt of when i started spintronics i was like i hope people <laughs> will see these videos and they will learn new things and they or they will be inspired to find out how to learn these things or just something you know just getting it out sure. there okay <laughs> absolutely we could talk for hours it's true. but i feel like if we take the whole thing for Winnegard, steven might feel like a little left out so i guess we should oh, move over steven. to percussion side of things man i am steven, including you... percussion in all this too oh my gosh because are I, you okay I, like, this has been this year especially has been my biggest exposure to percussion since like ever because it's on social media so much so why don't you tell us what's happening over there in percussion land yeah absolutely so we had a it was actually a big wgi regional weekend for percussion as well uh, i think just kicking it off we had a huge show two-day regional out in temecula california uh, and over there no surprise maybe at least it wouldn't surprise me pulse and chino hills dominated the regional uh we were talking that 85s 80s sounded high uh, Pulse got a 90.7 and Chino Hills got a 90.05. Whoa, okay. On February 25th. Okay, wow. <laughs> so I, I don't even know where you're supposed to go from there, nor do I know how you compete with that, really. They have but, a new uh, scale. They're going to be competing for 200 at WGI this year. <laughs> yeah, we've always said the galactic class uh, needs to be implemented. Yes. And I think it's never been more apparent than February 25th, 2023. Um, but looking down the scholastic side of that regional, Great Oak High School won with an 80.45 in open, and Carlsbad High School 1A with a 74.75. Uh, moving over towards the East Coast at the Trumbull Regional in Connecticut, United debuted their show and they received an 87.85, which as an alum, I'm very proud. I'm very happy to see them get that score. I can't remember doing that well that early in the year with United. Not to knock <laughs> me or any of my own peers from those years, mm -hmm. uh, but seems like they're kicking off to a good start. Uh, Dartmouth debuted at that same show with an 87.45 in a Scholastic World Class. And then uh, some of my favorite local high schools, Old Bridge High School actually swept its competition in open, scored an 86.05, which is the highest score that I have seen in open class yet this year. Um nice. Local Somebody circuits. had to break the seal. That's awesome. Yep, yep. Someone's getting up there. I love Old Bridge. I swear I talk about Old Bridge every week. Um, it's not nepotism, anyone that knows how many <laughs> friends I have in that program. <laughs> the judges agree that it's not nepotistic. Um, but New Milford High School won A class at that regional. They scored an 83.25. Uh, at the Chicago Regional for Percussion, 
it turned out to kind of just be an A-class dogfight. That was most of what we had there was Scholastic A groups over in Chicago. Uh, but looking at the top three, Manuka Community High School took home the bronze medal with a score of 75.8. Lake Central High School earned a silver medal with a score of 77.65. And Plainfield Combined High School won the A-class competition. They scored an 82.45. So congratulations to those schools. I'm sure many of them are looking forward to finals. Um, finally, down in Justin's neck of the woods, wrapping it up. Kind of my big story for the week, I guess. Uh, maybe a little scandalous, depending on how you feel about beefs down in the South percussion scene. Uh, but we had a promotion. So at prelims, Infinity 2 won the independent open class with a score of 84.25. Uh, but at finals, Oof. they placed second in world class, meaning that they, they actually oh. beat out Atlanta Quest, who, you know, for many years is a perennial world class finalist. Um, wow. And then. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I, it's always a shocker to me. Maybe they're going the direction of uh, PAL, where they move on and uh, PAL, Pulse Open World. Uh, tends to beat out a lot of world-class groups and they make finals almost every year. Maybe mm -hmm. we'll see infinity Two start to step in that direction too. Um, but I guess kind of goes without saying infinity won out that competition. They scored an 84.35, uh, right in, right atop of infinity Two, who came in second with an 82 and then Atlanta quest came in third with an 80.3, uh, in the Scholastic uh, competitions at that same competition, Newsom High School won open class. They scored a 75.65, and Stoneman Douglas High School won A class with a score of 76.55. And uh, that about wraps up percussion competitions from this weekend. Seems like most of the local circuits took off knowing that there were a bunch of big WGI regionals, but uh, definitely some exciting stuff coming out. I think now that we had some regionals, there's got to be a bunch of like bootleg videos on YouTube too. So I'm going to scrape them down. I'm going to try to find something so I can make some of those good Cindy comments be a little qualitative <laughs> instead of quantitative <laughs> next time. Nobody can do Cindy not... comments. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Nobody can. She's the best. Just look up well, not I'm... Old Bridge. <laughs> yeah, not Old Bridge High School. Um, yes. There was bound to be something like that. Um, but I look forward to seeing them, uh, and I love breaking them down for you guys. We managed to cross paths with a lot of those percussion groups in the Chicago Regional when I was over there with CW, and there was definitely nice. a lot of incredible things going on there that we totally knocked my socks off this early in the season. It was just super great to be able to catch live. Um, another group we were able to catch uh, to be able to catch a little bit of in the warm-up room was Avon. And I'm always just impressed by the sheer amount of sound that they're able to create. So, and I also, I'm a sucker for gradients. So I'm a huge fan of their costumes this year. And it was a ton <laughs> of fun finally being able to see what the other groups are putting on the floor with regards to both wins and percussion this season. Yeah, Avon Irene, just has such an incredible program. Hey, so you're like in the wins world. Do you think you want to come recap for us the rest of the season yes, she i does. would love to okay everybody it is time to get your instruments and get on the field because coming up next i will be talking to sadie wallace 
who taught with some names you may recognize, Zingali, Sylvester, perhaps a little Peggy Twigs, just the literal inventor of the Peggy spin. And oh yes, we will be getting that whole story very soon. Okay, y'all, get back out there. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. Shop our extensive consignment inventory for great looks for your team that won't break your budget. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. Check out our fun merchandise and gift items. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Contact us for custom show design services. Clean out your storage areas and get money back into your budget with our consignment program. Guard Closet is here to help you get all you want and need this winter season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. Hey, this is Nicole, one of your hosts for On a Water Break, and I want to tell you about The Cookout. The Cookout is an event celebrating people of color in Color Guard. This event is happening in Dayton, Ohio, April 16th, the day after WGI finals at the Courtyard Marriott Hotel, a.k.a. headquarters. There will be presenters and speakers, networking opportunities, food, and more. To get more information on how to get your tickets to go to the cookout, visit marchingcookout.com or visit our Instagram. It's the cookout CG or our Facebook page, the cookout. We can't wait to see you there. All right. We are here with Sadie Wallace. Sadie, welcome to our water break. Nice to see you. Thank you, Jackie. Very nice to be here. Very well, exciting. It is. It is very exciting. There's a lot of stuff going on today. And Women's History Month is just so full of incredible stories. So why don't we start off? Can you just tell me a little bit about your background? How did you get started in Color Guard? And would you mind telling us when you got started in Color Guard? <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to show my age. Okay. <laughs> um well, let's see. The genesis, I think, would be um, as far as movement and color guard and all that. Uh, my first uh, movement class would have been tap. And that was only because um, my mother had two two other daughters um, and she wanted to get rid of. No, she didn't want to get rid of me. <laughs> She wanted to give me something to do. And so I started with that. And then I, uh, in elementary school, I started with a baton and drum corps. So I was a majorette. Yay. Nice. Um, and the, the baton and drum corps morphed into a, a drum and bugle corps and a winter guard. So they took all the majorettes, you know, and kind of brought us along. Uh, and I learned how to spin this big, giant rifle. Nothing like they have these days. I mean, it literally had a real trigger on it. Trust oh me. Oh, my gosh. Insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it was very heavy, <laughs> I recall. Um, so then Winter Guard and all that, and then the drum corps, and then I was in a few different drum corps. And then uh, my last three years and where I aged out was uh, the Finleyville Royal Crusaders from Finleyville, Pennsylvania. It's a little town outside of Pittsburgh. 
And uh, fortunately, we had some very talented people there. And we also had, um, I don't know if you know this name, Donald Angelica. If anybody Ooh. knows any drum corps. Okay. But he was a consultant and he started bringing in all these different instructors and uh, just really helped uh, Marie Chapinski. Okay. That's a color guard okay. name. You okay. know as well. Um, and her husband, of course, Gary Chapinski. Um, and then he just brought th- people from the East Coast. Then we had people from California, Mike Moxley, who was the former director of Blue Devils, and he marched in Santa Clara. He was a drum major. So this was a and, really big melting pot of just incredible really, really talent. Was. It was very much so a, a melting pot. Um, so I marched there, aged out, and was, had gone to community college as a theater major, but I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I had stayed physically active as far as not just drum corps, but I was a cheerleader in high school and all that, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I didn't know what to do after I graduated with my associate's degree. Since I had so many friends in drum corps in New Jersey, I moved to New Jersey. <laughs> Isn't that what drum corps does to you though? Like it draws yes. you in and it changes your life and changes your track. It really does. You know, my mother, I know I thought I was crazy, but by then there was five girls. So she's like, okay, one of them. <laughs> My girlfriend and I moved to New Jersey. Um, I was 21, and believe it or not, she was 17. Oh, gosh. <laughs> now, wow. that does not happen now in these days. But in the 70s, it did, believe it or not. Um, anyway, so just started getting involved with marching bands and color guards there. Started teaching again. I had a, I had a real job as well. Um, and then that kind of developed. Um, I taught a million different color guards, Long Island, uh, all through New Jersey, start teaching marching bands. Uh, my first big drum corps that I taught was the Bridgman in 1978. Ooh, okay. With Bobby Hoffman and uh, Mike Mercandante and Tom Pratt. Again, a lot of heavy hitters. Yeah. And Lucia, if you know of any of those people. So that really got me um, more involved and more educated, really. And I did the rifle line again because I was still a rifle. That was my thing, you know? <laughs> right? Because it was really separate, like like it that, really that, was that at that time. Absolutely, yeah. You had, you know, well, we always said you have the the rifle line and the drummers. Those were the, you know, um, people that were really fun, and then <laughs> people and the horn players. Everybody, of course, was fun. I'm just teasing, but. That's how it was in those days. Um, so I just continued um, teaching color guards and everything. And then in, uh, and I had met George Zingali. as another famous name, hopefully, to some of your listeners. Oh, hopefully, yes. <laughs> I, I met him right when we moved to New Jersey in 1975. Yes, I'll say it, 1975. <laughs> um, and he was just, you know, the most unbelievable person I'd ever met. We became friends. He, at the time, of course, was teaching the 27th Lancers, which is another very famous drum corps. Um, And so then we just kept in touch and would see each other at drum corps shows and color guard, da, 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 the whole thing. And then in 1982, when George Zingali, Peggy Twiggs, and Mark Sylvester 
broke off from the Lancers, they were hired by the Garfield cadets at that time. And I was hired in 1982 as well to be the guard instructor. And we were all kind of friendly, but we had never really gotten to work together. So for me, that was just heaven. That was fabulous. (laughs) I mean, talk about University of Drum Corps and Color Guard, right? Um, So I taught with Peggy Twiggs and George and Mark almost all of the 80s. I would say yes, all of the 80s. I think I told you this story, Jackie. Um, we uh, cadets had won with a in 1982. We came in third, which was kind of a big jump. Right, I think right. we were fifth maybe in prelims, and then we bumped up to third, which is un, unheard of. Oh, and it's really unheard of nowadays. Like it's absolutely because yeah. it was always like you know tense. This was kind of a couple of points maybe, so that was a big deal. Long story short, we won in 1983, 84, and 85, which was, as far as I know, and you may want to do some research on this, the only um, three-peat, they call it, in drum corps. Mm -hmm. I I could be wrong, but we always say it anyway. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But then there was uh, something happened, and the director of the cadets fired us all. Oh, and we all went to the Star of Indiana in 1986. So we all, all right. taught the Star of Indiana. I'm in the meantime, in the winters, we were teaching color guards. I lived in New Jersey, but I would drive up to Boston and teach. I taught Erte. I taught Emerald Marquis. I taught St. Anthony's. Oh, my gosh. I um, love so Emerald Marquis. <laughs> yeah. Have you never seen Erte? I, I don't think I've seen Airtay, or if, if I did see them, I didn't know that was who they were. Okay, you have to go back and watch Airtay because that okay. show, it was a show that uh, most of the music was Philip Glass. I don't know oh, if I you're familiar Philip with Glass. him. Yes. And um, it was a wild show. Anyway, so we, we all taught together, 86, then, then we were miraculously... Uh, hired back to the cadets. What? <laughs> <In case. laughs> How does that work? <laughs> well, well, you know. So then we taught from then until 89. And 89 was my last year in drum corps. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. It was my last year in drum corps in New Jersey. Um, I happened to get married in 1990. So um, we moved uh, my husband was from Pittsburgh as well, originally. And uh, anyway, he long story short, he got a job in Dallas, Texas. So 1990, I didn't do any drum corps. 1991, though, I did teach the Skywriters. Oh, uh, yes. And they were in Texas for that year. Originally, you know, they were from Kansas, the Skywriters. I don't know yep. if you know that. Yep. I actually, uh, I, well, I, I live in Missouri, and that's kind of our... Yeah. Our our roots is like Skywriters are in Kansas City and yep. (laughs) Are you breaking up a little bit there? I can't hear you. So what was it like sort of being on this on this staff? Because like you were there was probably not very many women, I'm assuming. 
You are correct. <laughs> so, so what was it like kind of having to like be some of some of the sort of I, I want to say like idols or icons out yeah. there like for those because I mean, those of us who are young and coming up in this as women in the marching arts, you know, we're looking up to you guys as instructors. And we're like, okay, that's our instructors. These are the people who like you're out there doing it. I'm like, yes, yeah, Sadie's out there doing it. I am. I, I can follow in her footsteps and I can do it because I've seen her do it before me. What what is that like? What is that like? Wow, that's a that's a big question. <laughs> it was phenomenal, actually. Um, I always enjoyed it so so much. Um, we didn't really feel like we were breaking down barriers. We were just doing what we liked. Mm-hmm. We were learning from each other. Peggy Twiggs and I had a wonderful teaching relationship. It was, I don't know if anybody out there is teachers. I think there are a lot in the color guard world, but um, team teaching. And for the most part, I think Drum Corps and Color Guard does use that. But she and I had such a um, team teaching technique to work on things and to evolve things. We used to have this big, I'm not going to say fight, but um, <laughs> we used to have this discussion because after, after 82, we did not have a rifle line. So I became a flag instructor as well. But I was also in college for physical education and dance. So that kind of morphed really nicely into, I started doing the PT, the physical training for the whole core, and of course, for the color guard. And that's when the body movements with the color guard became more, uh, more involved. Um, So I was using everything I learned Uh, you know, almost, I would say, live streaming and taking it right to the color guards that I taught and the drum calls that I taught. I taught, you know, I I learned, uh, I learned the flags from the best person ever, Peggy. I learned the (laughs) drum spins. I learned the Peggy spins from Peggy, which was (laughs) fantastic. Um, And then, but our discussion, however, was uh, usually before a show, and she'd say, I'd say, I need this amount of time to warm them up. She'd go, well, I need this amount of time to do the flags. So we are, uh, our heads didn't butt, but we always just, it was sort of a fun thing. So, you know, um, speaking of dance, we, you know, tondus, right? Everybody know uh-huh. a tondu? Of course. Yeah, Pointing I your toe so. for those listeners who yeah, don't know. Your toe to the front, to the side, <laughs> en croix. Front, side, back, side. And so um, we came and I think it was the two of us together. And we said, well, why don't we do them at the same time? Like during a, she's big on a hundred spins or two. Wait, so you're telling me you're you're like an absolute pioneer in this idea (laughs) of I am spinning my flag and I'm doing dance technique at the same time. Uh, I guess. I know, I know I didn't see a lot of other color guards doing it at that time, especially in the summer. Now, Winter Guard, I will say, is a, was a little bit more ahead as far as dance and body, mm-hmm. right? But for drum corps, I mean, from when we came, you know, the marching, the boots, the high leg lift and all that to go of kind of into this other uh, realm of, of movement of lower body and upper body, yes, flags and feet. I think it was pretty, pretty cool to, to, to be able to start that and do that. And then we just kind of built on that, um, you know, especially with the Peggy spin. 
that's a little harder to do tendus. But we had other things. So we would kind of incorporate that into our warm-ups, of course, during the during the year, um, during our uh massive camp rehearsals, then we just kept building and building and building and doing all kinds of body and flag and stuff. Well, how do you think that sort of changed things and contributed to the changes we've seen in the drum corps and winter guard over the years, over the decades, really? Well, I think for one thing, it allowed uh, the music to be interpreted the -hmm. way I think it should be. Uh, and again, I'll bring up all these names. George Zingali was a huge advocate of music. And if you ever watch any of his drills or drum corps or color guard, he was so musical. And he taught me that to be so musical because you are the visual for what people are hearing. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. So it just kind of uh, allowed us to do that, not only with the color guard, but then sort of trying to incorporate into the whole core, which is what everybody does now. The whole core is dance. Right. (laughs) Um, So it was very it was very fun and such a, a creative outlet for us. Um, we, we just throw things at the, our kids as we, as we built on their education, they were so talented. I mean, you could tell them a change as they were walking out on the field and they could make the change, you know, but um, they were, they were always enthusiastic about any kind of little body or, you know, anything we wanted to try anytime they wanted to, we wanted to try something that they thought might be really weird or I can't do that. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, you can just try it, you know, and we'll do and it. Those performers are the ones who've gone on to like teach the performers we're seeing today now. And so it's, it's really like just seeing the evolution of that. That is just so amazing to, that, to know that you guys started that back then. Yeah, it was it was a great great time. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't even tell you <laughs> how wonderful it was. Really, those were fantastic days. Long, <laughs> long summers. We used to go on tour for eight weeks oh, on a bus. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that was hard, but you know, what, great. What's time. one of your best memories from those teaching years? One, you want me to give you one memory? (laughs) (laughs) Just something that the first thing that pops into your mind, what's, what's just an amazing memory you have from there? Okay. I'll give you one amazing memory. Um, Finals were in Miami, Florida in 1983 in August. Oh no, my gosh. But that year we were undefeated in every show we went to. Okay. And for prelims, we were, uh, the color guard was warming up. You know, we are always in some godforsaken spot, but we were by this parking garage. So the parking garage, the girls were facing the parking garage. Peggy and I were facing the girls. And we were doing our warm up. We're doing our warm up. And the girls, I don't know, their eyes were just like, giving us these weird looks. And then finally somebody said, turn around, turn around. We turn around the whole parking garage. Every level was filled with spectators watching our warm up. 
Oh, wow. And I just got a chill thinking about it. <laughs> and, you know, Peggy and I, we just looked at each other like, oh, my God, you know, we are good. <laughs> yes, yes. That's one of the things we always tell them. We're always like, okay, warm up as if you have a huge group of people watching you already. Yes. Oh, my and God. We did. And we did. <laughs> now, the other funny part about that is we lost prelims. Oh. To Santa Clara Vanguard. Oh, oh, my heart. <laughs> but the better story is we won finals. That's okay. So, there we go. <laughs> imagine the whole season not losing a show. It was wild. That it is. Was wild. Yeah. That, is so that was one of that. That's a, a memory that sticks. That is an me. amazing memory. Oh, my gosh. So where do you think the future of color guard is headed. Where do you think that we're going from where we are now? Just with what you see. Um, can I be very honest? Absolutely. Spill the tea. I, <laughs> I think um, color guard, and I don't know if this is the right word to scale back, but to there's too much going on. I don't mm -hmm. see where there's a focus on the music to interpret it visually. I just don't know where to look anymore. There, you know, George Ngali was the, the master of creating an effect, okay? Okay. With, with 130 people, let alone right. just in guard. So everybody in the whole 50,000 stadium would zone in on whatever effect he wanted you to see. But in Color Guard, to me, lately, and Drum Corps, of course, too, there's so much going on. I'm not yeah. sure what, you know, what I'm supposed to be looking at, honestly. So for me, I would like it to be pulled back a little bit, maybe yeah. fewer props, maybe to the basics a little bit more. Just a well, little I could bit. see not that. All, I, I think all. that was it last year that uh, Avon won and didn't have props, if I remember correctly? Really? There was there was a few that were getting up into those higher ranks that that uh -huh. just didn't have any props. It was just them out there on the floor. And I, so I think what you're saying is probably something that a lot of people are seeing because, oh. yeah, there's there's kind of a, a slow, very slow, but a slow lean toward that direction back to back to the core of what color guard really is all about. And right. that's about interpreting the music and, and, you know, I love to see it. And I, I really am glad actually that that's your prediction because that's kind of my hope. <laughs> that's my hope. I, I don't know if it's a prediction. The other thing, and this is sort of tag teams along with it is more drill instead of running from set to set to set, to yeah. set right. That is uh, an art. Absolutely. On yeah, how absolutely to write is. a drill to get these people to be moving in unison or again, interpreting the music and just the beauty of just the drill without any equipment even. Right. You know? So that's my, not necessarily my prediction, but my hope. Maybe it'll bring me back to judge someday, but Ooh, um, it's, just, well. it's just too much for me. Yeah. It's just too much. So I, anyway. I think that's great. And I, Sadie, I appreciate your time so much for you coming to talk to us today because this has just been an excellent, I wish I could just ask you about all of your stories because I'm sure you've got <laughs> hundreds of them that you could just shower on everybody. So, but thank yeah. you so much for coming out. And I'm so glad we got to talk to you 
today and maybe we'll get to hear more from you when we do our history section in April. <laughs> I know a lot of people. And I know a lot of old people. <laughs> hey, that sounds great. That sounds like something we're going to take you up on cuz man, that's getting getting everybody in here and just having them yes. talk about everything. Yes. Oh. Yes, I know some fabulous women that you really need to interview. Oh, for sure. Thank you so much. Oh, you're just, you are an absolute gem. I am so glad that I got to call you and got to talk to you. And this is just, this has been fantastic. So I'm so glad I didn't think you were a spam. (laughs) Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. Shop our extensive consignment inventory for great looks for your team that won't break your budget. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. Check out our fun merchandise and gift items. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Contact us for custom show design services. Clean out your storage areas and get money back into your budget with our consignment program. Guard Closet is here to help you get all you want and need this winter season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. Hey, this is Nicole, one of your hosts for On a Water Break, and I want to tell you about The Cookout. The Cookout is an event celebrating people of color in Color Guard. This event is happening in Dayton, Ohio, April 16th, the day after WGI finals at the Courtyard Marriott Hotel, a.k.a. headquarters. There will be presenters and speakers, networking opportunities, food, and more. To get more information on how to get your tickets to go to the cookout, visit marchingcookout.com or visit our Instagram. It's the cookout CG or our Facebook page, the cookout. We can't wait to see you there. Sadie is amazing. I just, I'm, I'm blown away by all of the history and all the stories that she has. And oh my gosh, like she looks so good. I'm just saying, like, I know you guys didn't get to actually (laughs) see her on video (laughs) for our interview, but she is in fantastic shape and it's just, it's great. Well, when you stay active in the activity, that kind of helps, right? I think it's for sure. when you're mental, you know, when you're mentally acute to all of everything that's going on, I think that helps you feel younger and you just want to do more and you, you just, you just do it. And just like the people that she knows and like the, the experiences that she was there for, like, I really hope we get to bring her back later on and keep going with her because she just, there, she's such a font of knowledge and stories and you know, and like the fact that she is so humble about the fact that she was a female educator, like so early it's on remarkable. in this activity. Well, and she, you know, she was pretty much alone because there weren't that many females. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, she had to break down a lot of barriers and, and be brave. And I think it takes a, a lot of bravery to be willing to put yourself out there and and you know, commit to the activity that you're so proud of and you want to be a part of, especially when you're being a groundbreaker, whether you want to or not. Sometimes you're a a reluctant one (laughs) and maybe she was, but she didn't, she hit it very well. So she's, you know, she's somebody we can all look up to. It becomes a whole thing when you're a member of an underrepresented population in, especially in this activity, but any kind of performing arts that 
you often feel a pressure to compromise your art uh, just to be able mm. to be accepted by the status quo. Yep. And it's always incredible to meet uh, creators and artists, designers, educators who are just unconditionally themselves and not really willing to sacrifice their vision and what they want to see in the activity um, because they are coming from a position of less representation within the marching arts or within, say, even the broader performing arts as a whole. So that's something that is really inspiring to those of us who are just starting to break into the field. And I'm just so grateful that we get to be in this industry yes. where we get to speak face to face with the trailblazers of our activity. Yes. Oh, it's it so exciting. fantastic. Another fierce female educator is our girl, Whitney. She is fired up this week. You guys don't even know. And she has a few things to say in wisdom from Whitney. So take it away, girl. Yes, Jackie, I am quite fired up, but we're not going to really uh, talk about that right now. We're going to talk about what it's like to be a woman in the marching activities. So I never realized the inequality of women and men in the uh, pageantry community until after I was in uh, drum corps and independent winter guard. Growing up, it was just females in North Carolina where I was and um, didn't really have a lot of exposure to men in the activity besides those that I had watched in independent organizations. Growing up, most of my choreographers were men for equipment and females were usually my dance instructors and most of my caption heads and directors were female, I would say, um, with a good amount of, of men as well. So that may have been a little bit more mixed as far as directors and caption heads go. So I was taught by a pretty good mix of genders growing up in Color Guard. The women that I did have in my life growing up were always so strong, and I feel like they kind of had to be in order to um, keep their game with the men competitors that they had and their male colleagues and counterparts. So I think I just naturally picked up on that and always felt the need to be strong or try to be one of the strongest physically and mentally in the room all the time. I'm also a highly competitive person, so that's just kind of in my DNA is to be competitive and I always am trying to be the best person in the room. I think a beautiful thing about what we do is that in many cases, um, we are pushing the females to be as strong as the men, again, physically, mentally, and even emotionally. And I don't think that this is a bad thing. I think that it's important to teach women to be strong. There's no rule that says women can't be strong. Why would we not teach young women and young men to be strong? Everybody should be strong. And strength can mean all kinds of different things, but I think that is definitely something that I have taken from Color Guard is, is strength and strength in all kinds of different ways. So I guess really my wisdom for this week is to try and be strong regardless. Don't forget to listen to your emotions, though. That is, that's always important. Stay true to yourself and be the strongest, baddest woman in the room. Thanks, Whitney. So March 4th is coming up, and we wanted to ask everyone here on the sideline, 
what made you all say that you wanted to march forth into this activity? I'll go first. I actually saw Blast the Show, the stage show on, I mean, on VHS way back then, you know, dating myself a little bit there. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. So good. It just inspired me. Uh, since you were late to rehearsal today, Beth, I'm going to make you go next. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. You know, I, I, <laughs> I brought coffee. Didn't that count? No, I, I'll, I'll talk about it. So when I was a kid, little kid, I was probably around 10 or ten or 11. My dad worked at a university, the local university, and he took me to see the band because he knew how big it was and how impressive it was locally. And it was, it was Westchester University. And I actually got to see George Parks as drum major on the podium when he was in college and it, it opened up a whole new like world for me that I, I mean, I was starting to play my clarinet and I kind of had an idea, but when I saw what was possible, it blew my mind, like wide open, like completely wide open. I'm like, well, I want to do that. And I just pointed at the field and my dad knew, and he supported, he and my mom, you know, schlepped out to all those cold, you know, November night performances for many years after that. But it, that really hearing that sound and seeing it visually just gave me a huge, it was a huge jolt and it it really impelled me forward. And that's my, that's definitely my March 4th moment. Justin, what about you? I've known you for like a million years and I don't even know that I know this story about you. Oh, I can sum it up in just like two words. Cavaliers, spin cycle. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) It was my first DCI show. Um, The high school marching band uh, band director was like, hey, I'm going. Any of you kids who want to go get tickets, we'll get a bus, we'll all go. And like, I didn't know any better. I was like, cool, sounds like a fun thing. Drum corps, it's drums. I'm a drummer, let's do this. Because this was before I kind of discovered guard. I was still in my percussion phase. And so... <laughs> I, was, I was in my percussion like, phase too, but our phases were a little bit different, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we went, it was in Muncie, Indiana, at the Ball State University there. Um and they came on in the bright yellow and green and instead of paying attention to what the rest of the core was doing i was just in i could not stop watching the awesomeness that was that color guard and i remember like my mom and dad came with me um and i remember looking at them both and i going and just literally looking at them and going that <laughs> that is what I'm going to do, right? Yes. That's the best. <laughs> the best. Um, yeah, exactly. Hey, Stephen, I'm gonna. Hey, Stephen, I'm gonna jump in here just just to tell you, I know some of the boys from that color guard, so you know, if you need some, like, I can make that happen. Okay, go back. Well. To be fair, I actually know some of them too because for a hot Ooh. minute before I got broken and everything, I mean, I did March Cavaliers, so you know. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I did even fulfill the dream. I went and I conquered and I did it until I got broken, and then that's a whole nother story for another time. But that is my March Fourth moment. I saw them come out and I went that, and then I went back to the high school and went to my guard kids or guard friends and was like, "Teach me." I want to do what you do now. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Irene, what about you? 
I think it was my first football game with my high school marching band. Uh, you definitely would not have heard of us. We were the Richard Montgomery Marching Rock Marching Rockets from Rockville, Maryland, and um, love it. Uh, yeah, so great. And uh, I there were two distinct moments from that evening. The first was our drum major came out, and I saw him in his drum major uniform for the first time, and he had a gold cape. He had a gold cape, yes. and I went, "I want that, and I'm yes. going to have it." <laughs> It was so good. It was such a good gold cape on a high school marching band <laughs> uniform. And the second moment was after the game. Uh, we had this little chant we would do in the parking lot outside the band room before we went and got out of our gross, stinky uniforms. And I just remember just shrieking my lungs out in this parking lot with like all these people who I had just basically met a couple weeks ago and just feeling like I was a part of something so powerful and just feeling such a part of this community and this machine that like we were all working together to create something so incredible. And it was addicting. It was an addicting feeling. And that was it. That was game over for me. It was done. Who doesn't want a cape? <laughs> we all want a cape at some point. I mean, I want a cape right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Steven, did you want a cape? No, I'm just what's your march? What's your march fourth moment? <laughs> Who doesn't want a cape? I agree. Uh my March 4th moment came back in 2013. It was my first time uh, as a freshman in high school going to WGI finals. And uh, you know, not to humble brag, but we got ourselves a little measly gold medal. Um that oh. was not what what really cemented it though for me. What really did it was later that night when I got to watch Rhythm X 2013 and I was sitting, I had side seats like uh, kind of on the left side and the bass drums were pointed right at me. And then in the beginning of that show is like one of the most iconic bass features anyone has ever played, like completely reinvented how people play bass drum, turned them into like the things that people get excited about. And from that moment forward, I was like, wow, I, I love Rhythm X. I love bass drum. I never thought that I would ever go as far as i did with it as i did go um but that was my march 4th moment it showed me that like this could be a thrilling activity it wasn't just like doing high school band or something like that mm, for sure see and that's what the nice. other people don't get how thrilling it is because you're right mm -hmm. steven it can be so thrilling and exhilarating i'm right there oh, i'm yeah. with you i'm with you on that Oh, now I miss performing. <laughs> right? Gosh darn it. Now but we're going to also... do World Guard again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we can march DCA together. Yes. Okay. Let's oh, go. DCA. But, but here's the thing. It's going to be the on a water break drum corps. So we are always on a water break. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. All right. All right. Well done. All right. Let's do, let's do a quick one. It's gush and go time. This is the time in our show where our hosts and guests get to gush and go on about anything they want having to do with the marching arts. And I need to start this off today, guys, because I have to gush. I am so excited. I just finally passed my test for my AFAA group fitness instructor license. So I am now officially Woo! a licensed group fitness instructor. I'm so excited. Hey! <laughs> for a small bit of backstory, this was something I took on like back when I was pregnant and I was like, oh, this will be easy. I'll just 
I've been teaching Zumba classes for years and years. I'll just do this real quick and I'll be a licensed fitness instructor and then I'll go have this baby and then I'll come back to more <laughs> fitness classes like that I want to do. And then that didn't happen. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and uh, now I finally got it. So... <laughs> It's been a lot of hard work. Oh my god, Jackie, I love your tenacity and your just boldness. Just like I'm gonna do this. Oh wait, <laughs> she just glossed over. I'm just gonna have a baby, and then I'll just survive. Fine, I can do this. Seriously, my mentality about it though, I was like, it'll be no big deal. I'll just do this, and then I'll have the baby, and then we'll just move on. With no, guys, having babies is hard. I'm just like everything about like ha- like. Pregnancy is hard. Giving birth is hard. Postpartum is hard. Like being a parent is hard. It's all hard. Don't ever think that it's not. <laughs> Thanks for doing it for us, Jackie. Appreciate it. <laughs> You're <that>. welcome. <laughs> uh, Steven, what do you want to gush about this week? Oh, goodness. It's a little tough to follow that one up. Uh, <laughs> I went corporate this what? week, so I've been doing a lot of uh, anything but band. But I got my PTO approved to come out to Dayton, and I got myself a flight. So I'm excited. I can't wait to get out there. April 20th, I'll be coming to Ohio. Woo-hoo. Good for you. Nice, nice. Beth, what about you? Good for you. Oh, my gosh. Like, so this is my craziest busy season because every group likes to travel in the spring, mm-hmm. right? All the spring band trips. So I am in I'm, I'm gushing about the fact that people are traveling and, and groups are getting out there and doing it again. And and I'm going to gush about the live performances. I've been able to see some marching performances down in Orlando at Universal and at Magic Kingdom. And it's just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have 50, 50 students or 150 students, just being able to be out and hearing the crowds and, and that applause again really warms my heart. And seeing these kids that have been working so hard, a lot of them have never been on a trip with their band because of COVID. And this is their first their first foray. And it was just, it was so heartwarming to be there. And, and they, they weren't even groups that I was involved with. I was just excited for <laughs> band (laughs) i was just like yes you know so that's my gush for the week i'm just i'm just excited and um i'll be absent a lot in april because of it (laughs) which is a good problem to have for me for work but i'm i'm happy to be back to live and and seeing them all again oh justin what do you want to gush about Oh, well, I'm going to piggyback a little bit off of um, Beth's there because I, too, am loving seeing all the groups coming back to perform live at like Disney and Universal. I mean, I work for Disney, so I can't really talk about Bruno, but um... (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk later, Justin. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I love that. But what I want to gush about, I mean, and I know I brought it up a little earlier, but I just want to get it out there that I am super excited that I've got everything lined up, that I'm going to be at the Palm Beach um, WGI Regional. It's usually in Orlando, but it's in Palm Beach this year, which I'm not complaining because I'm going to go to the beach on there, too. Um, So, (laughs) I mean, I'm going to be there. Um, checking everybody out Um, be on the lookout for me if you want to be you know one of our like featured performers or whatever I'll be there taking some interviews so find me I mean it won't be that hard I'll be the one at the top in the middle screaming louder than anyone else in that building you know Uh, what you should do Justin you should wear a Spintronics polo I'm just saying I'm just saying Jackie you're throwing like I wanted it to be a surprise. Oh, sorry, but I sorry. Mean, of course, oh, I'm sorry. Gonna, sorry. I what mean, about an, 
I think an auto water break trucker hat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, me out there with an auto and a trucker hat. Absolutely. Yeah, that, absolutely that's yeah. so my style. Oh, no, that's so you too. <laughs> so me. Uh, but no, guys, I'll be out there. And as Jackie already let out the bag, I'll be wearing my Spintronic <sighs> stuff as always representing. Um, but definitely come see me if you want to be featured. I'll be doing interviews. I want to talk to you. I want to know about your season. I want to know how you're, uh, you know, how you guys are doing out there. Because you guys are awesome. So hit me up. All right, Irene, you've seen how we're doing and you're catching on. What do you want to gush about? So I want to gush about something that's happening at Tech, or I should say the whole city of Indianapolis. So Indianapolis Public Schools, my district, is the district that makes up all of the schools in inner city Indianapolis. And all the band programs at these different schools are too small to field their own individual marching band. So what we did last fall is we created the IPSL City Marching Band, combining the populations from three different schools. So that's Arsenal Tech, my school, Christmas Attics High School, and George Washington High School, who are all in Indianapolis proper. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The All City (laughs) Band had their first competitive season last fall, and it was so much fun. It was a little scary at the start because it was a band of 100% 100% rookie marchers. We didn't have any vets. Um, wow. But, and there were kids from different schools. We weren't sure how they were going to get along with each other. But it was honestly the highlight of my fall watching them kind of form these unbreakable bonds with each other and go from a group of completely rookie marchers to a group that performed as the exhibition group on the Thursday night of BOA Grand Nationals. So that was just something incredible. And we're starting it again this month, which is what I'm so excited about. Um, We are starting rehearsals on the 16th, starting to get some some, like actual rookie rookies into the whole picture there. Um, we are also doing our show reveal on the 21st, which I'm not going to spoil in case any of my students end up listening to this, but it's going to be really fun and exciting. We're super proud of the show we put together, uh, for this amazing group of kids. So I'm just really excited to crack back into that and see if these kids were able to accomplish so much as rookies, what they can do with one year of performing under their belt. So that's what I'm really excited about. Oh my God, Irene, I'm so jealous. It makes me wish that I was back in Indiana because I <laughs> love that kind of stuff. And like, you're talking about it. I'm like, I want to help. But like, I'm here in Florida, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're helping, Justin. I am. You're in spirit. <laughs> you're moral support. She feels it. She can feel it. I will be the biggest cheerleader. I think that's just so awesome that the IPS schools were finally able to do something like that. Because I you know from indiana i know that like the rules and all of that kind of restricted that for a very very long time so it's really cool that you guys were able to do that no it was fantastic and we were we're so grateful we have a tremendous amount of support from music for all our district is super on board and that's that's another hack is that uh our students generally do not have the kind of incomes at home people to pay the kind of band fees that other programs are able to ask of their students but doing the all city collective allows us to pull upon district money pull upon uh local nonprofits and historical preservation groups and stuff like that and there's such a fantastic legacy of music in indianapolis public schools freddie hubbard went to tech the school where i now teach so it is so great to be able to pull upon that legacy and we are 
blessed to have a super like enthusiastic group of kids who are constantly hungry for more. So I just could talk all day about the All City Band. It's a ton of fun. <laughs> Go band. Come on. It's great. For more than 30 years, March has been officially designated by the National Association for Music Education, also known as NAFME or NAFME, for the observance of Music in Our Schools Month, the time of year when music education becomes the focus of schools across the nation. The purpose of the month is to raise awareness of the importance of music education for all children and to remind citizens that school is where all children should have access to music. March is an opportunity for music teachers to bring their music programs to the attention of the school and the community and to display the benefits that school music brings to students of all ages. The events surrounding this month are the ideal opportunities for increasing awareness of the benefits of high-quality music education programs in our nation's schools. NAFME hopes that teachers, students, and music supporters alike will find ways to join in on the celebration through creative activities and advocacy. Learn more about how NAFME works to support music education on their website, nafme.org. Yeah, thank you, Irene. I couldn't agree more. Music education is just paramount. I, I wish that more students were involved. Um, but everyone, I'm excited. I get to introduce a new segment of our podcast to you all this week. Starting today, we'll be conducting short interviews with performers who are currently members of many of your favorite winter guards and indoor drum lines. My first guest for this week is a longtime friend of mine who's aging out this winter playing bass drum at RCC. It's time to shine the spotlight on Ann Turner. Hey, Ann. Hey, what's up? Nothing much. I'm glad you're able to come on. I've been uh, really excited to get this bit started for a little while now. So with this week being our first episode in Women's History Month, I thought you would be a perfect first guest to interview. Um, so why don't we start out? I want to make a little tradition week after week with a quick rundown, but there's going to be a catch. You can tell us all your life story in the marching arts, but let's try to keep it contained to eight bars. You think you got that? All right, I'll have to go fast, but I, I think I think we can do it. I, I set the metronome pretty slow, so I think that you got you got some time and space in here, but I'll kick it off. You got Thorn in. All right, hey guys, I'm Anne and I'm 22 and I'm currently living in Ontario, California to age out with RCC. From Wilmington, North Carolina, where I started drumming in 2015, I did my first season of Independent in 2017 with Alchemy, and then I marched Carolina Gold and Shadow, moved to Virginia to go to William & Mary, so I did Mason and Crown in 19, spent the COVID year with Boston, did my last season with GMU, then aged off from BD this past summer. I graduated from William & Mary, summa cum laude in May with degrees of biology and environmental science and policy. I think I made Damn. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was fast. You started like rapping, the sh uh, you nearly rapped it all. Um, that's cool. You've done quite a lot of band, Ann. Um, and I yeah, was lots of places it. in a short amount of time. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a shame that COVID kind of got in the way and, and cut your marching career like some of the years in the middle because you, you were going to have a tremendous amount of time. You still got to do like way more and way better groups than like almost everyone. Any of a goal. Yeah, I, so. <laughs> I filled out my bingo card, as people like to say. Yeah, I would agree. I would say so. Um, as you look and you compare like the rest of your marching career to your age out right now at RCC, uh, what would you say stands out about the RCC experience to make it unique compared to the other ensembles you were a part of? Well, I think there's like a pretty big differentiation just between the East Coast and the West Coast vibe. Like everything at RCC is so relaxed. Not that mm -hmm. rehearsals don't have 
protocol in structure, but everything's just a little bit more fluid. We spend a lot more time in design mode. So like at mm -hmm. Mason, Friday nights would always be subs, getting better at music. At RCC, almost exclusively our Friday nights are out just being hand staged on the floor. Like maybe sometimes it's a little slower, but it's just a huge design process. So even if you're not being worked with, like the show is still getting evolved. Right, that makes sense. And that's actually like really relatable to what my RhythmX experience was like in that it just kind of felt more professional in some sense like you've already done the training now we're here to just like everyone be professionals at the same time and put together like the best product that we could put together is that kind of like how you feel like your experience is going yeah definitely i think another thing that's different from rcc is the fact that we're so focused on design is that our show doesn't get done until pretty late compared to other groups like I think yeah. there are some world-class groups that have their whole show on as of last weekend, and we're mm -hmm. just barely getting into slash through movement three. Yeah, okay. So how many minutes is that, like roughly? Uh, I think we're up to five, maybe a little over five. Okay. Yeah, that's a uh, that's kind of interesting because it's like two divergent ideas of how you like design at the top end of the activity. You either want to like have your well-written show ready to go in November, so you're just cleaning it outside and becoming as perfect as you can for months, or like. RCC and RhythmX sounded a little more similar in this sense that we were just like continuously taking the worst part of the show each week and trying to turn it into the new best part of the show uh, once we yeah. had it designed and like I changes. Would... You go, you go. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Like lots of changes, like you would say, half the stuff you learn one weekend, you're going to come in next week and they're like, hey guys, we're going to change all of it. And you're like, wow, that's just so cool because, you know, you spend all the time during the week getting better at something. <laughs> but then ultimately, you know, it makes the show better. So you have to be really adaptable and ready to make changes. So week to week, the show changes a lot. But and I want to play a little a little bit of a game. It's similar to a game that maybe you or many of our listeners have probably played at parties or played even on a water break, perhaps at some point. Uh, but we're going to call it March Teach Cut. And the way it works is you're going to pick a show. If you could march in any show, if you could have taught or designed any show, what would it be? And uh, if you could just wipe a show from planet Earth, just get it, no longer exists. Pick out three shows. And let's stick to indoor shows since it's the WGI season. If you could march any show ever, what would it be? Favorite indoor show ever is Pulse 2017. So man, if I got the chance to go march that show, that would be awesome. I love that show. I think it's designed so well. There's such a good story. The music's awesome. Definitely Pulse Is that Pulse the ghost 17. show? The, like, yep, it's a spooky show. ghost show. Yeah, oh, that's, that's an excellent show. That's a great answer. Um, if you could have designed any show, which would it be? Um, I'd probably teach or design Rhythm X 2018. That's a okay. honorable uh -huh. mention to one that I would march. Just so yep. high energy. I think that show is awesome. I got to see it live on finals night and just the energy in that room was super cool. So, you know, to be a part of that design process would have been really fun. Yeah, I almost feel like a nerd calling it this, but that show was like literally electric. Like not even just thinking about the electric guitar solo, but they had just so much energy. That's like a, one of my favorite X shows of all time. So let's like flip to the opposite end of the spectrum. If you could wipe a show off the planet and no one ever saw it ever, what show would you pick? Apologize for this one, Steven, but it's going to have to be United 2019. <laughs> I would probably wipe that show from existence too <laughs> if I could. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to wipe it from my memory. Uh, UP19 was good. We, uh, I feel like we played well, but it just it never like came together in a great way. It's a good choice answer. Um, oh yeah, I no. agree. You guys played very well, but... Too many moving hazards on the floor. <laughs> anyway, Anne, if uh, anyone listening wanted to see your favorite video of you performing, A, uh, what video is it? And uh, B, how could they find it? This one's not WGI related, but that's fine. one of yeah, my favorite fine. videos is going to have to be 
from Boston 2021. There's a base subslot that's up on my YouTube account. It's titled Boston Crusaders Hyde Park Base 2021 Allentown Subslot that our good mm -hmm. friend Alec was able to record. Hey. We just played really, really well. And shout outs to Alec. Yeah, shout outs to Alec for getting probably one of my best subslots ever. So yeah, lots of really fun music, good threes and fours if you're into permutations. It's a fun one. I'm into permutations. Oh, I know. I'll, uh, I'll make sure to go check that one out after this call. Um, and besides your YouTube channel, where else could people find you on social media? Um, besides my YouTube channel, you can primarily find me on Instagram. It's going to be at and.saber, so A-N-N-E dot S-A-B-E-R. And then, of course, you can follow any of the RCC social medias. So there, I think it's just RCC baseline or the whole RCC account, and then you'll be able to kind of follow along with my HL. Sick, yeah, and go check her out in the lot. Check her out in Dayton, check her out on the floor. And thanks for coming on and uh, kicking off this new uh, bit we're gonna be doing every week. It was good talking to you and I'll uh, see you in Dayton. Yeah, thanks for having me. Gonna be telling you guys all about a new competition that any of our female listeners could get involved in. This is called the Hit Like a Girl 2023 Drum Competition. Uh, it's the 12th annual international contest for female drummers, and its purpose is to showcase and encourage drumming and lifelong musicianship for girls, women, female identifying and non-binary individuals, regardless of age, playing level or geographic location. They got a division for children. They got a division for teens, young adults, and, you know, full grown adults as well. Um, but it's produced by Hit Like a Girl Inc. You could check out their website at hitlikeagirlcontest.com where there's already plenty of, I'm sure, fantastic submissions. It's also some really interesting and great prizes too. More than $75,000 in prizes are awarded to the champions, winners, other participants in the contest. Includes things like drums, cymbals, sticks, heads, other accessories, even some electronic gear as well. So if you're a female listener, if you're a percussionist, Knock yourself out. Hit it, girl. <laughs> Thanks, Steven. Uh, Beth, you have some collegiate news for us this week. Well, I do. And, you know, it's it's a little bit of history as well. So if you're not familiar with Title IX, uh, it, it was the the movement and the, the act that would allow women to participate in collegiate sports uh, on an even level and have with, with, the, with the men in those sports. And Rutgers University this year is taking time to honor the first female members of their marching band, which was actually very recently, uh, in my opinion, anyway, it was only 50 years ago that they allowed that. So one of the women that, that was, that were in the band at that time, when she first got to Rutgers, she wasn't able to perform with the band because they didn't allow women in the marching band. And so she had to wait and, but, but she was able to get in finally on, uh, in 1972, after it passed, after Title IX passed, and um, the, it was civil rights legislation. That's how that's how pivotal this this act was. Um, it was part of that year's education amendments. It not only prohibited gender and sex based discrimination in sports programs, but it also applied to all education programs and activities that received federal financial assistance, including marching bands. So. It's exciting that this year during the October 7th uh, halftime half game or the, the game, 
against Nebraska at halftime, they're going to actually honor the women that were in that band and part of that first group that were able to march uh, as a result of Title IX passing that year. So it's an exciting time for women um, to, to be acknowledged and recognized for the trailblazing work that they did, but also just for the world to catch up to what we already know. And it's how awesome the women are that are in the activity. And we have several of them on the podcast today. Well, speaking of people receiving honors, Irene, don't you have a very honored news story for us this week? (laughs) I sure do. And it's such a cute story. I'm losing my mind. So (laughs) if you get the chance at some point, if you're located in the area for the UNCA pep band, you might notice that there is a trombone player in their membership that has something that makes him a little bit different from everybody else, and that is the fact that he is in sixth grade. Uh, the UNCA pep band welcomed in uh, Nolan Spence, who is a sixth grader from North Windy Ridge Intermediate School. He is a trombone player, and he's now playing it events with the UNCA pep band. He got involved with the program because his mom works in the UNCA athletic department. So he was already spending a lot of nights watching the Bulldogs and doing odd jobs kind of around the athletic facilities and spending a lot of time with the members of the pep band. As he started becoming closer and closer friends with members of the pep band, eventually the invitation was extended to him to participate in the show. This has been, he says, a incredible opportunity for him to become more serious about the trombone and get quote really good at it so there's an awesome uh local news segment from their local news station that gives a short little interview with him and you get to see him in action so super cool way to get a local student involved with music making in his community i love it what an amazing come experience on he's gonna remember that forever yeah right he'll remember that forever for sure that's a that's just such an awesome experience. Uh, Justin, do you have a news about any other awesome experiences and awesome opportunities that are coming up? Um, I mean, it kind of goes along with the whole like honoring thing, uh, but I've got um, WGI has recently announced um, their 2023 class for their future leaders program that they do. Um, so if you're not familiar with the IMWGI Future Leaders Program, it's basically like a mentorship and a leadership opportunity um, for our WGI performers across all regions and divisions um, to get some um, like one on one and like uh, with the um, you know, the big names of our industry and things that we do. Um, So they get to have mentorships from like members of the WGI board of directors um, and areas relating to what they are passionate about, whether it be, um, you know, winds, uh, percussion or um, guard. Um, And then they in turn get to be, uh, do more of like an ambassadorship for the rest of the performers, you know, just being leaders themselves for their own peers um so you know i'm just gonna it's a nice small class here we've got four from the color guard world and three from percussion i don't see anything listed for wins it might be a little early for them i mean we love our wins friends but you know they haven't been around for as long as the others here so i'm sure that wgi is working on it um but for this class it looks like just a big shout out quickly um to it looks like for color guard we've got andrew elkins from south carolina 
um, Shauna uh, Chim from Massachusetts, uh, Reed Scholes from Arizona, and Seth Sharp from Ohio. And then, of course, in the percussion area, we've got Alexis Rodriguez from my hometown of Indiana. Um, we've got Bethany uh, De Laurentiis from Pennsylvania, and um, Zyra Meta, uh, Mata Valesquez. I am so sorry if I butchered anyone's names. I'm from Ohio. And I just want to point out, it's kind of awesome that all of the percussion, female. Boom. Just Woo. saying. I think that's pretty cool. Um, love it. So I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, congratulations to all of them, of course. Um, I'm sure that they will learn lots from this. I personally love mentorship programs and stuff. And the fact that WGI is doing this for... Um, you know, our young performers and stuff uh, is just so awesome. Just so imagine congrats, guys. how far we would have gone if we had had that kind of, you know, opportunity presented Amen. to us. Look, I wasn't going to bring it up and not be a little shady and a little, you know, whatever about it. I mean, I was trying to be positive, but if you're going to break the ice, Jackie, I mean, I'll join in. I mean, yeah, um, it's just awesome that, you know, um, our activity, a lot of us think that it's been around for a while, but it's still so very, yes. very young. So and, you know, the fact that we are at a stage where we can start thinking about, you know, these mentor programs and that sort of thing, instead of just the old fashioned way that we all learned, like, well, watch what your director does. Yeah. All right, now do it like them. Oh, and then go <laughs> learn from that guy over there. Yep. Here you or, go. Go go teach or your own don't team watch now. your director. <laughs> or don't uh, do or it don't. Don't. <laughs> exactly. Here's what not to do. And then Correct. Oh. exactly. And then just, you know, get thrown out to the wolves and then you go write your own show. It's fine. You'll do great. You'll be fine. Nobody will get hurt. No one get hurt. Never. Hey, I won't say it. Never mind. That's for the after dark episodes. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to step in with my own uh, news story here that I brought. The Trojan Explosion marching band from Virginia State University recently got to perform at the White House Black History Month event. This is something that normally only is uh, played by the Marine Corps band. But being that it was the Black History Month and everything, the uh, the Trojan Explosion was invited to come and be the first university to do this performance. So that's an awesome honor for them. Uh, they had to have like sort of a selection because the entire band could not literally could not go and fit where they had to perform at, at the white house. And so it was kind of the cream of the crop of their entire group that was able to go perform. And they were led by an alumni of their program, Taylor Whitehead. So it was pretty cool that they got to go and have that experience and perform for our nation's leaders uh beth let's go well, I mean, one more news story to, what do you got yeah just getting invited to the yeah just getting invited to the white house oh. i mean come on right that's, like, that's, awesome. yeah. that's a big deal i i don't i don't know i would have been pretty nervous i think if that was my invitation I'd be like okay well here we go um well i think <laughs> i have our, they, I have our wrap up uh, they know what they're doing <laughs> They, well, yeah, no, they're, they're, they were well rehearsed and prepared, I'm sure. I'm just thinking about if you had to launch me there now, that'd be terrifying. But um, <laughs> I will say that, you know, when you, they say that, you know, see a need, fill a need, right? And, and in, in Palm Beach, um, Palm Beach County, Florida, a gentleman by the name of Antoine Miller, who went to FAMU, Florida A&M University, 
he saw a need in his community for a marching band and he decided, you know what, since there's not one, I'm going to start one. So he started his own community marching band um, because he just felt that that was what was going to best suit, right? And he's a, young, he's a young man and he wants to contribute and give back to the community that gave him so much. He saw a lot of his peers going down paths that were, were detrimental to themselves and he opted not to do that. And he, he ran into his high school director who encouraged him and he has now built this band. Uh, it's got over 85 members in his community. And now he's trying to get them to London. So now he's talking, tugging at my heartstrings. Not only is he trying, he created his own band and now he wants to get them to travel. And it's just amazing. And it's, it's really heartwarming. So if you see anything about um, Antoine Miller, he's in Palm Beach County, Florida, and he's got the sounds of success warriors community marching band. And so if you look them up, you can find them. And if you want to contribute maybe to their travel expenses, they are gladly accepting donations at www.soswarriors.com forward slash donate. So if you get a chance and you have a couple extra coins you can flip to them, I'm sure they would be greatly appreciative and get those kids uh, the opportunity to see the world, literally. And what a, what a heartwarming story and a great way, I think, to wrap up our news for today. All right, everyone. Thanks for a great rehearsal this week. Thank you so much to our hosts, Justin, Stephen, and Beth. Of course, thank you to Cindy, Whitney, and Bill for your sections. And Thank you very much to our special guest host, Irene. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you, Irene. Irene was fantastic. <laughs> thank you, Sandy Wallace, here. for joining us. And stay tuned for more exciting guests as we celebrate Women's History Month and Music in Our Schools Month. Go subscribe, write us a review, share this podcast with a friend, and we will see you at the next rehearsal on a water break. Go practice. <laughs> <laughs>